Today's episode of Brews and the Boys is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash boys. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. Welcome to the Brews and the Boys podcast. We are your friendly neighborhood podcast. We drink cold beverages and we talk about America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Every week, we'll be giving you an in-depth look at everything the Cowboys are doing and what we can expect from the Cowboys. My name is Michael Sizemore. I've been following and writing about the Cowboys for many years and currently contribute to Blogging the Boys. You may find me on Twitter at Mr. Sizemore, and you can find my next friend here, Mr. Tom Ryle. He is the Walter Matthau to my Jack Lemon. Mr. Tom Ryle, you can find him on Twitter at TomRyleBTB, but today we got a special guest with us. It is the boss man, our guy from Blogging the Boys, Dave Halperin. He's with us today, so say hello, Dave, to everybody. Hello, everybody. And uh, I would say that the three of us together, uh, most people would say that we're probably the three Stooges, but I would say we are, <laughs> we're the best trio since Magic, Kareem, and James Worthy. That's, that's what I want to say. We're the Showtime Lakers is what we are. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about the Cowboys roster because that's what everybody wants to talk about right now because there's a lot of... There's a lot of things that are kind of uh, a lot of questions about the Cowboys roster because the preseason, you know, hasn't been the most wonderful of times for the Cowboys. But remember, guys, it is the preseason and most of the starters weren't playing. So I just kind of want to open this up and we want to have a conversation about, you know, the questions that are surrounding the roster. And I want to start with with you, Dave. I want to talk about the backup quarterback. So. I just want to know, you know, how are you feeling about the backup quarterback position? And and do you think that there's really any reason to carry three quarterbacks uh, on on the roster? I wouldn't carry three quarterbacks on this roster. I'm not happy with the play of Cooper Rush. He played a lot better last year than he has this year in the preseason. I think that's pretty obvious to everybody. But if I'm having to pick between he and uh, Mike White, I don't think there's any competition at all. Like White just has, does not look that good. He had one mediocre half against a bunch of backups. Um, but that's about it. And in training camp and the practices, the reports weren't that great on him. So for me, I don't see any reason to keep Mike White on the 53-man roster. I might try to move him over to the practice squad. Um, but I'm really dealing with, do I want Cooper Rush as my number two guy? Or do I want to go out and search for a veteran? And I think um, I think I would entertain the idea of possibly bringing on a veteran. Um, it depends on who they are, of course, what it would cost, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not so sold on Cooper Rush that it would bother me if we had to try to move him to the practice squad or something like that just to bring on a veteran. I mean, Cooper Rush looked great in the preseason last year, but he hasn't really played. Didn't look that great this year. I'm, I'm just not I'm not sold on him enough to where I can say, oh, my gosh, I would hate to lose that guy or something like that. And by the way, I don't think we'd lose him. I don't think anybody else would necessarily pick him up, put him on their roster. 
So I would definitely entertain the idea of bringing on a veteran, but I'm not carrying three quarterbacks on my roster with the holes we have at other places that I need to fill. Yeah, I would I would say with that, Dave, I, I think you're on the money there. I think the Cowboys do kind of have a, um, a, they have like a history of protecting their draft picks, but in this situation, you thought that you got a third round pick in the fifth round with Mike White. He hasn't turned out to be much of anything yet. He hasn't shown much pocket awareness or anything that would say, oh man, we got to keep him for that. Yeah, he can rip it sometimes in practice, but you know, a lot of guys can rip it. Um, Tom, what, what's your what are your thoughts on that? And then I'll talk to you guys about a couple of backups and see if you're interested. Um, well, I, I'm like Dave. I'm not real happy with what they're looking at right now. Uh, Bob Stern put up a piece at The Athletic where he actually is more in favor of Mike White than I think most people are, and he had some interesting analysis saying that at least Mike White can take shots down the field uh, he did like some of the, the plays he made in that uh, second half of the Cardinals game. Uh, but then he brings up the point of, well, who are you more likely to be able to get past waivers? And he thinks Cooper Rush would be more likely to get past waivers because he has looked pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they play them uh, tomorrow night uh, against the Texans if if. You know, if White comes out and does the whole game, I think they're really trying to look at him hard to see if how bad they want to keep him. Um, I am not in favor of carrying three quarterbacks right now because of the issues with all the slots that they can post that somewhere else. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to have to wait and see what happens when they actually do the cuts and who they wind up and whatever other moves they may make before the uh, the first actual game. Yeah, I would say that, you know, they say that they're fine with Cooper Rush as their backup. Um, but like you said, Tom, if they put Mike White out there for a lot of time, then you're probably you're probably look, they're trying to get a really hard look at him. And that's because other teams like, um, you know, possibly the Patriots or just other teams in general before the draft that were interested in Mike White might give him a shot. Um, but there's some veteran quarterbacks out there that I, the reason why I think the Cowboys should just, you know, roll with the two quarterbacks and, and not really worry too much about going after a veteran yet unless you really think that Dak needs somebody in his ear because, I mean, perhaps the best one that's available is Matt Moore. Um, he's 34 years old. Uh, hmm. You know, Derek Anderson, he's 35. He played with the Panthers. I'm not really interested in him. Um, you know, nobody's in this, in this conversation. I know nobody is interested in Johnny Manziel. Um, <laughs> Uh, except for maybe Tom, who just has, you know, throwback days to his to A&M. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, no, there's no, there's talk no. about Mark Sanchez. You know, Mark Sanchez is, is a guy. Um, there's, you know, and there's talk about, like, how Mark Sanchez kind of helped Dak Prescott. But I just really don't see it there. I don't see any anybody else that's, you know, head and shoulders above Cooper Rush and Mike White. So I think, you know. We both, all, we all three agree that the Cowboys should not waste a roster spot on a third quarterback. They can get one, or if not the other, to the practice squad. You know, um, so I want to move on to the running backs, Dave. Um, the, you know, a lot of talk about the running back, the third running back job, because you know Ezekiel Elliott's going to be RB one. That's just, and you know that Rod Smith has looked well enough to be RB two, and um, and I think that they'll probably use both of those guys on the field at the same time sometimes this year. But who do you believe? won the third running back job between Bo Scarborough and Darius Jackson. And and will you think that the Cowboys, do you think the Cowboys will sneak the other one onto the practice squad? Well, I think 
who won it is going to be different than who they're going to keep. Okay. Uh, to me, I think Darius Jackson looked like the better running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he just seemed able to do things that Scarborough can't, Scarborough can't do. And he can, he can make people miss. He's much better at, you know, out in space, making things happen. He seemed pretty good, um, you know, having to make his own way at times where Scarborough doesn't just seem that, I mean, he had that one good play where he, he kind of faked the guy at the line and had that long run. I guess it was against the Bengals or maybe it was 49ers, but he just doesn't look as attractive as a running back all around as Jackson does. But I think that the Cowboys are probably going to go with him. And it's just from the way they've been running him out on the depth chart. I mean, Scarborough has always been out there before Jackson gets the, got some run with, you know, some ones and twos early on. Um, before he had the little injury there, but he came back and played some. I think that they like him. Uh, he does offer a particular trick of short yardage. You yeah. can really put him in there if you need to get one or two yards. You can put him in there if you need to get to the goal line, although I would almost never take Zeke out anyway no. for those situations. So I don't know how useful that really is. But I think they're going to go with him, you know, but I, if you look at what you saw in training camp preseason games, I think Darius Jackson played better. I think that Darius Jackson Jackson had better vision than Bo. Um, you and I talked about it, Dave, in the, um, on our chat with the rest of the BTB the other day about how Bo had an opportunity to cut left in that game against uh, this past game um, that they played, you know, and he just did, he just ran right into his lineman. He ran right into the back of Cameron Fleming. I, I didn't see why you wouldn't cut left or was so much open space. Whereas Jarius Jackson, like you mentioned, Dave, has a lot more juice. Um, what do you say, Tom? Well, I think you touched on a very important thing. Jackson seems to have the vision to find where he's got an opening and where he can go with the ball. And what's been very interesting is that Jackson has been getting a lot of targets in the passing game. Uh, I think I saw something where he, he led, he might lead in targets and catches in the preseason, hmm. uh, which says uh, a lot, but he, he did get a lot of uh, targets in the last game against the Cardinals. And I, I, wondering if they're not really looking hard at that you know in in my mind jackson is leading and i don't think there's a whole lot of risk waving uh, scarborough and trying to put him on the practice squad uh i mean he's a seventh round draft pick if he does get signed somewhere else it's not a huge team mm-hmm. and right now i think that if somebody's out there looking for running backs there are going to be better options available after the the cuts come than Scarborough so I'm not worried at all I think that might be a good place for him yeah I think we were just we were so clearly you know excited when the draft happened that they got Bo Scarborough because he he was a pretty good running back for Alabama but he just never really was the star there and and I think that when he came you know when he came to the Cowboys and he had that first game against the 49ers everyone said oh wow this guy Bo Scarborough can run but um, kind of what Dave was alluding to a little bit if you notice Bo he needs a little bit of extra room to get going. Uh, whereas I feel like Darius mm-hmm. Jackson, like Dave said, creates so much. He creates more space for himself. He creates more as a runner, which is sometimes what you're probably going to need to do in this offense. That's not going to have you know Travis Frederick for the you know the you know time being, and probably have to shuffle a little things on the offensive line a little. So I think that that's definitely uh, we're all in agreement there that uh, Darius Jackson should be should be the guy. But 
perhaps the Cowboys are going to do what Dave has kind of mentioned in the first two questions here, and that's protect their draft picks. So I want to get to the third spot because we got a little bit to talk about this. Um, we got to talk about tight end, and we know that the Cowboys are kind of have been just a little bit underwhelming at tight end, but we expect that when, you know, the Hall, the Hall of Famer, Jason Witten, the future Hall of Famer, is gone. Um, now, do you think that, you know, with the Cowboys running 12 personnel, um, you know, our good friend, one cool customer, OCC, the other day had tweeted something about how the Cowboys were still running a lot of 12 personnel, albeit it wasn't that successful. Do you think that the Cowboys, Dave, should diminish the role of the tight end and their offense in 2018? And uh, then we'll get to the other part of that question. Well, in some ways, they're tied together, the two questions, because... Yeah. If you don't have the personnel to make it effective, then you should diminish the role of the tight end. Mm. And so far, what we've seen in the preseason, I mean, nothing has really stood out. Well, I mean, there's a difference of opinion about one player, and I'm sure that's where we're going after this. So I guess I won't. Let's go there, Dave. Let's go there. Let's go to Rico Gathers. Let's talk about him. If the Cowboys are only going to keep three tight ends, which is what we've been told, Dave, how is Rico Gathers not one of them? I have no idea. I think the Cowboys are basically insane on this question. Yeah. I mean, you have specialists all over football. You have third down running backs. Mm-hmm. You have slot receivers. You have two down linebackers. You have pass rushing specialists. Yeah. I mean, you just have specialization all around football. And you're telling me you can't find a use for a six foot eight guy who can run and can catch. And every time he's out there in the preseason, these safeties, linebackers, corners are trying to cover him, and they look like children compared to yeah. his size. On he's a, just block, so, he just blocks them out. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. insane. So to me, if uh if Jason Witten was sitting up there, okay, that's one thing. But I, no one here can convince me that Jeff Swain, Blake Jarwin, or Dalton Schultz have stood out so much that they are that much better than Rico Gathers in terms of what he can provide in the pass-catching game. Now, I know we're going to go to the run blocking. Yeah. I know we're going to go to the missing assignments. But I watched Jeff Swain two to three times in that last game just either run right past their block on that end around, he just totally missed his guy. Mm-hmm. Didn't even lay a finger on him. Or just get beat really badly in the run blocking. So I'm not oversold on any of those guys' blocking ability anyway. So it baffles me that the Cowboys cannot find a way to utilize someone with Rico Gather skills in their offense. And before I go to Tom on that, I just like I'll just say my piece real quick about that, and that's because you know you talk, Dave, about mis like you know mismatches in the NFL. That is a huge deal. Mismatches. Everyone's trying to create a mismatch, and you know that's how Rob Gronkowski made his bread and butter in the NFL was creating mismatches, and he became a better tight end because he got he was developing into a better tight end. But he wasn't always this amazing blocking tight end or anything. He had to kind of learn how to do that. Nobody is a better red zone mismatch than Rico Gathers. And I wrote on the Cowboys, um, it went out today on bloggingtheboys.com, how in this preseason alone, Jarwin and Schultz 
just you like you said, Dave, they hadn't separated themselves on the depth chart from Rico Gathers, even though that's what the coaches want to say or the you know media that the writes for the Cowboys want to say. Jarwin had six receptions for 38 yards in this preseason, playing in about 48% of the snaps on offense. Schultz had six receptions for 32 yards and 44% of the snaps. Rico Gathers leads the team in receiving right now with eight receptions, 71 yards on just 28% of those snaps. So to me, I'm with you, Dave. How can you not find a role for this guy? How can you not find a way to use this guy at some point in time? And I'm just going to leave the floor to you, Tom, and let you go ahead and, you know, stomp on our idea. I think this is one place where it's going to be there's a lot we can learn from the game against the Texans. Uh, if they roll Rico out and really try to give him a chance to show what he can do, then maybe they're thinking about keeping as the, as the fourth tight end. Um, it, it, the, the one concern I have is he's got to get his routes better. If he's going to be a pass catching specialist, he can't be out there running over one of the other guys in the, in the pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, this may be his chance to show that he's gotten a little bit better at that. Um, it, it, it is going to be the numbers crunch if they can afford it, because I, I I don't know because they still emphasize the running game if they're going to go with him just because they think the other guys at least have an idea what they're doing out there blocking. Um, they would have to keep him as a specialist, I think. And, you know, I, I, that doesn't seem to be the way the Cowboys like to work so it's going to be interesting to see that's going to be a name that everybody's going to be watching to see what they do with him on friday so yeah uh it's why it's really an open question in my mind go ahead if you ask me today if you ask me today who do you want rico gathers or dalton schultz there would be no question by mind who i wanted out there yeah um just because dalton schultz a draft pick that just came out he hasn't showed me anything yet Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I didn't see his blocking as superior in any of these games. He got called for holding in the last game, trying to seal the edge. Um, I mean, I'd rather put Rico as my third guy and try to slide Schultz to the practice squad personally. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the league in general, Rob Gronkowski is, you know, that elite tight end. Okay. Then you got Travis Kelsey in Kansas city and you, you may be able to put Zach Ertz up there in that, in that role. Delaney Walker's getting older. Jimmy Graham is a receiving tight end at his very best. He's not great at at blocking. He just kind of goes out there and gets the ball. So there's not a lot of elite tight ends in this league anyway. So the Cowboys are kind of sitting in that situation where they're like most teams in the league, dealing with just some guy, a bunch of guys at tight end. So the guy that gives you the best chance, I think, to win games, Dave, is Rico Gathers. He's the one that can go up and get the ball. He's the playmaker. He makes plays that these other guys haven't done yet. So... I mean, we could go all day on Rico Gathers, but I want to sneak one more question in before we go to break, and that's because I uh, left it out of our discussion here earlier, and that's wide receiver. The Cowboys can go four tight ends if they go with five wide receivers because as as good as Lance Lenore has been, I don't know if you need to keep him on the roster because he doesn't have much value outside of just being the sixth wide receiver, and I don't know how many snaps you're going to get for that guy or if he's even going to be active. And so what do you guys think about the possibility of just keeping five wide receivers? And I'm going to say it would be Alan Hearns, you know, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, Michael Gallup, and uh, Tavon Austin. I, I mean, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, it's not uh, the only guy 
I don't think they're going to keep Lance Lenore. I think that Deontay Thompson's the guy they're looking at. And it's just another case where you kind of read, you know, what the Cowboys seem to be thinking just by the way they talk or his connection with Sanjay Lal or things like that. He does add an element of speed um, and could possibly be used in other roles. And he returned uh, kicks, right? Dave right. Returned That's what I mean. Before. Yeah. That's what I'm alluding to. He could be used in other roles that you might trust him in a little bit as a veteran. I don't have a particular love affair with Deontay Thompson. If they only kept five, I don't think that would really like, you know, I that would be fine with me. Now, I think I could keep Thompson and still make the rest of the, the roster work by going short at some other places. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's, you know, it's not an overwhelming issue but I would be good either way on this. Uh, what about you, Tom? What do you think about five receivers? Yeah, I think that may be what happens. And I'm I'm on the same train that uh, Dave is on. If if they have a six receiver, I think they're going to keep Thompson. Put Lenore back on the uh, practice squad, you know, and there's always the risk he gets signed away. But um, I don't think they would be losing much, like you said. He's clearly no better than the six guy. Mm. And if they can get into the practice squad, then you there in case there's an injury you can pull it call him up for the next week and get him back into the flow of things um i really think they're looking at thompson remember we haven't seen what thompson has but there have been some reports out of practices that he's done very well he was doing very well before his injury he was the star and, of yesterday's practice yeah and that's jalen smith he yeah he just keeps doing things and i think the coaches are more more interested in what they're seeing in that aspect so I would expect he would be the guy they'd look at for the sixth body and not Lenore. I, I know Lenore's been tremendous and everybody's been real excited, but then he showed that he's got some issues uh, the last game. And I just think they're going to look at uh, Thompson as the guy they're going to tr be trying to decide on whether they keep a six man there. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and you are listening to the Brews and the Boys podcast with Michael Sizemore, Tom Ryle, and Dave Halpern of Blogging the Boys. We'll be right back in a few moments. Hey there, Cowboys Nation, Timmy Two-Step of Shway Media and the Brews and the Boys podcast here with a deal that you do not want to pass up. Are you ready for this? Right now, Audible is offering you, the listeners of the Brews and the Boys podcast, a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Our host, Michael Sizemore, and I highly recommend Boys Will Be Boys, The Glory Days and Party Nights of the Dallas Cowboys Dynasty by Jeff Perlman and narrated by Arthur Morey. I would give you a synopsis of the book, but I think the title is pretty self-explanatory, don't you think? All you need to do to get your free audiobook today is go to audibletrial.com backslash boys. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash boys for your free audiobook. And now, back to the show. All right, we are back on the Brews and the Boys podcast. You have Tom Ryle on Twitter, at TomRyleBTB. You have me, at Mr. Sizemore. And we have Dave Halpern, the leader, our, our very 
great leader that we have at Blogging the Boys. He's with us today. Um, I'm trying to butter him up. I don't care what you think. I, I was going to say, yeah. your nose getting brown there or what? Yes, yes, it is. Hey, I like this. Leave him alone, Tom. He hired Tom, me. Just stay out of the conversation, okay? He hired me. And calls me, he calls me Colin Cowherd whenever I go off on tangents, so it's okay. But, um, <laughs> we got to start talking about the Cowboys' potential moves, though, because there are things on this roster, um, and I'm really curious to see what you guys think about this, that the Cowboys have to do. Um, because, you know, like Brian brought us, uh, talked about this yesterday on Talking Cowboys, we might see their final 53 on Sunday look a little wonky in certain areas where they have to possibly, you know, carry Travis Frederick until they can put him on IR, things like that. But coming Monday is when we're probably going to see a lot of different changes that the Cowboys make to the roster. We know they're going to make quite a few because of, you know, that's just what they do every year at roster cuts. But I, first, I, I just want to know, you know, can we finally just say that the Earl Thomas dream of Earl Thomas coming to the Cowboys, Dave, is, is, is that dead for 2018? No. 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 It's never dead. Never I dead. I wouldn't be dead. It's never dead. I mean... Yeah. He's not back at practice. Mm -hmm. The Seahawks have made no indication that they're going to pay him. Mm -hmm. Even if he does come back, he may be unhappy, maybe a cancer. It may be a case where the Seahawks say this is just untenable. We got to figure out something to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of variables still around, and it could be on the Cowboys side. I mean, what if you go in the re week one and God forbid something happens to another one of our safeties? Mm -hmm. So yeah. the Cowboys just finally say, you know what? Let's give them what they want. Let's get him over here and let's try to win in 2018. Let's not mess around anymore. Well, so I got a question, Dave. Who do you think holds the cards in this right now? Well, I mean, in the end, the Seahawks hold the cards. Yeah. Right? Because if Earl Thomas doesn't play, then I think there's something about him accruing a season for free agency, and so that sets him back. So at mm. some point, and, and I forget how many five hundred thousand dollars he loses in game checks per week. Right, and I think it's what like nine games he has to play, be yes. on the run, uh, something. Yeah. yeah. So that has to happen, and then the Cowboys they don't hold anything here, right? No. I mean they're just waiting. They're just saying. Is something going to happen? Now, in one way, they do hold the cards if they want to overpay. Yes. I mean, if they were ready to say, hey, here's your second-round pick, give us him right now, the Seahawks would probably go, fine, take him. Yeah. And they would have to work out a new uh, contract with him, obviously. So, I'm, I'm, to me, it's not over until it's over, and I think there's still plenty of room for this to happen. And if the Cowboys want it to happen, they could make it happen. Yeah. Tom, what do you think about Earl Thomas? Do you think the dream's dead, or do you think it's still alive? Well, the way I think of it is it ain't over till the Seahawks say it's over. True. Uh, you know, they've got the they've got the control of the situation. He's he's under contract to them. And, I, you know, we've got no idea what their thinking is, what their, their long-term plan is, how they, they want to approach the contingencies of whether he ever decides to come in or not. I mean, if he shows up and says, I'm willing to go play uh, so I don't have to, to lose all that game check money. And then, you know, it's, it's just done. But it depends on what the Seahawks are up to. And, you know, I don't know there's been anything quietly passed back and forth about we might consider this if this happens. Um, you know, 
I don't know how much the Cowboys can do to sweeten the pot. Um, you know, I don't know what they've said, what they've got a hard limit on how much they'll do. Um, it's, it's just, we don't really have any control. All we can do is wait and see if something breaks until something does break. They're obviously going to have to have another answer to work with, uh, because they don't know if they're ever going to have that come their way. So, you know, I don't know if they're going to try to roll with what they've got. I expect they're going to be signing someone, uh, but if it's not Earl Thomas, I don't think we're going to see any kind of a big name. It might be somebody they get off the waiver wire from a team that's real strong at safety that has somebody that they let go that the Cowboys are interested in. They can put a claim in, so mm-hmm. we'll just have to see. Yeah, and I think like when it comes to Earl Thomas and stuff, um, like the Seahawks, like Dave said, they hold the cards because they have to decide is or, is he worth keeping on our roster if he's going to be upset every single day, you know, and he's not going to be the right kind of guy in the locker room for a bunch of people that were a bunch of young people on the team now, young young roster there. Um, how confident do they feel in Tedrick Thompson, who we've been I've been reading reports out of Seahawks camp that they really like him and they think that he could do a really nice job next to Brad, you know, McDougal has a strong safety there. Um, but Tom, you started getting to what I wanted to address next with that safety position, and and that's just. What will the Cowboys do if it's not Earl Thomas? Are they gonna? And you said that you think they'll just go out and try to like you know sign, you know some type of you know go sign some type of person at uh, roster cuts or possibly trade for some. Do you believe yeah. that they could trade for somebody from another team that they feel like maybe he's young and and an upcoming safety, uh, Tom? And then we'll turn it over to Dave and see what he thinks about how they're gonna address that safety position. Yeah, I don't know what's uh, everything that's out there, but yeah. Willingness to trade. Uh, right now, I only see they've got four potential safeties for the roster right right now. Uh, you know, uh, they're waiting for Xavier Woods to come back, and then they've got Jeff Heath, Kayvon Frazier, and it looks like Tyree Robinson right now would probably be their fourth guy. And will they need a? Will they want to roll with a fifth safety, or will they want to bring someone in to bump Tyree? You know, maybe to the practice squad. That's where I think they're going to be looking. Uh, they're going to be watching how the how probably how Tyree plays during the uh, the fifth the fourth uh, preseason game. So um, I really think they're just they're looking at a lot of options. And I think uh, Will McClay and his staff are probably going through a whole bunch of names trying to figure out who they might want to go after. Dave, so with the safeties, do you think that the like the Cowboys aren't interested? Do you think they're ever going to be interested in signing? any of the guys that are like free agents, like an Eric Reed or anything, or do you think the Cowboys are just going to, you know, cause roll with what they have. Cause Xavier Woods is probably not going to be back till week two, you know, and then you have Kayvon Frazier who's never started games before. So you're just kind of rolling with Jeff Heath. He's the only guy that has started games and you're kind of, you know, just taking chances there. What do you see them doing at safety at roster cuts? Well, given, I mean, besides the issues, the political issues with Eric Reed, which probably hurts his chances mm. for, with Jerry Jones signing. And even if you step away from that, it seems to me if you were going to sign someone like Eric Reed or another free agent safety that's sitting out there, why wouldn't you have done it by now? Yeah. Why wouldn't you have him in camp for a little bit, get him a little bit acclimated to your defense, figure out exactly what you got in that player? So I think it's going to come down to what Tom was talking about. It's going to be guys, either guys who were cut, are guys who are sitting on a roster after cut down day, but are obviously the fourth or fifth safety. And the Cowboys say to someone, hey, here's a fifth round pick. 
you know, mm -hmm. when you part with this guy. Yeah. And we've seen the Cowboys do this quite often. They flip late round picks for guys, you know, every team does it. And the Cowboys have done it a lot recently. So that's my suspicion is what they're going to do. Unless somebody surprising gets cut, mm -hmm. you know, then if that happens, then they might pounce and try to sign that and get that person. But um, otherwise, I think you'll be looking at some kind of trade for somebody and it's not going to be a big name. It's not going to be someone who we're all like, whoa, we're saved. He's here. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that, it's not going to be that case, but there will be someone probably confident coming in. So, uh, again, Dave, I'll, I'll pose this one to you here. What Another factor that people aren't really talking about, and Tom and I have discussed before um, a little bit, wh how much do you think the the confidence level that the Cowboys have in their pass rush and their linebackers and even possibly their two uh, starting corners um, how much do you think that weighs in their decision to um, go grab a safety? Um, I don't think it, I mean, speaking for me personally, I don't think it should weigh that much. Uh -huh. I mean, you can't base, you know, your decision to have a safety back there who you feel confident about just because you think he's going to be covered up by another part of the team. Yeah. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, what if Sean Lee goes down, God forbid, again, you know, what if, something happens to the guys up front. You know, what if Randy Gregory's mystery problems actually show up, you know, and, and the tweet is actually true, right? So all of this stuff, to me, it's just too risky. You haven't seen the defense play yet in a true situation in the games, 2018 games, you know, preseason does what it does, but it's, it's not the most, you know, it's not the true barometer of what you have. Yeah. So for me, I don't think I would risk it. I think I would say this is a little bit thin position here. I could probably get somebody who I feel at least okay about putting out there. If I have to put him out there, let's go get him. Yeah, Tom. So uh, what do you? How do you think that the you know their confidence level in their pass rushers or you know their linebackers and, and the other guys around safety? How do you think that that weighs on their decision of, on what type of safety or if they're going to go crazy at safety at all, or if they're just going to roll with what they have. Well, uh, I do think that you have to look at the fact that you can't have a really strong unit everywhere on the roster. Sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you know, this may just be something they've decided they, they can only throw so many resources at solving at safety. Uh, and as you mentioned, they do have a lot of talent in other places on the defense. Um, so I think it might give them a little more confidence in, in leaning on the trio of, of Woods and Heath and Frazier uh, because th those guys are, are pretty good. And I think they, they may be willing to take a little because they've got a lot of confidence in, in what's up front. And I think, I think their defensive line is just going to be really exciting this Bananas. year. Bananas. That's the correct and, word. Bananas. Yeah. And with with Sean Lee and Jalen Smith and Damian Wilson, and then you've got uh, Vanderish and, uh, and Joe Thomas, and even uh, Marshall Lilliard has really shown some. Mm -hmm. So you know the linebackers are good. I mean, some of the things they've shown of Jalen Smith covering people has just been exciting. So there's some some ways I think they can work around this. So maybe maybe the pressure doesn't get to them as much in this case and they're willing to take a little bit of risk i don't know i i understand dave's point that you know that may not be a smart way to look at it 
but it it may be influencing their thinking a little bit that maybe they don't have to panic about safety and maybe they might find a way to make everything work because they've got some real strengths elsewhere to work with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Dave, I got a question. So uh, one last thing on safety: if uh, if they get uh, beat deep on a sixty-yard pass in the first game, do you think they call Seattle and say, "What do you want"? I mean, in some ways, <laughs> I wish they'd just go ahead and do it. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I. I understand draft picks, and I understand the commitment it would take to sign him. And I understand that, hey, if you just wait one year, you can get him without having to give up that draft pick. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, you know, unless someone else I'll bid you, whatever. So I understand all of that. But going back to kind of playing off what Tom was saying, I, I hear what you guys are saying about that, but talking about committing resources to the position, I mean, what did the Vikings just pay that guy from the Bengals? Um, yeah, nothing. You know, Peanuts. Nothing. Peanuts. And the guy's been a starter in the league for years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't believe that we can't find a deal like that somewhere yeah. that we couldn't make. And it wouldn't bust the bank. It wouldn't be, you know, a big problem. And i just feel a lot better about the position if we did it. Yeah. I will say one thing. The we don't know that the problem is that Seattle just won't answer the phone. True. I mean that could be, but what I really think it comes down to is that this is the this is the NFL, and they're not going to you know take you know kindly to being trying to force them their hand to trade him. And I think that they also, with a lot of young talent on their team, they don't know where their roster is right now. I'm talking about the Seahawks, so. They they kind of think that maybe our team is going to be much better with Earl Thomas than without Earl Thomas, and we can force him to play because, as Dave, you know, said earlier, and I've mentioned, is that Earl Thomas will lose a lot of money if he's not, you know, playing these playing these games. So mm -hmm. I, I just think that's Seahawks hold all the cards there. That's really hard for them to do, but um, to to determine because the Cowboys are just like waiting for the divorce, the ink on the divorce papers to dry. You know, that's that's <laughs> yeah. really what they're doing. Um, but we got to move on. We got to move on from Earl Thomas, and I want to spend our last, you know, last few minutes here on the show. I want to talk about the offensive line because the Cowboys are dealing with, you know, Travis Frederick having the Guillain-Barr syndrome, which we don't know how long that's going to um, last for him. But it's looking like it's going to keep him out for a little while. Uh, for most, of, could be the majority of the season. Who knows? But. Um, then, you know, Zach Martin got back into practice, which made everyone happy yesterday. Um, he, he suspects a start at right guard. Um, and Joe Looney is going to take Travis Frederick's spot. Um, I want to know first, how confident are you in the, the backups on this offensive line currently? I'm talking about Joe Looney first as the center, you know, and then the tackle being Cam, the swing tackle being Cam Fleming and Kadeem Edwards. I'll start with you, Dave. How confident are you in the backups that the Cowboys have on the roster? Well, uh, Joe Looney, I watched. I watched this last game actually. Really looking at the uh, offensive line, I, I wrote a post about you know why our offense was so terrible. That you can find on blogging the boys, by the way. Thank you for the plug. Yes. Yes. Um, and so it really, I really looked at that. I liked what Joe Looney did in in his uh, pass protection. I liked what he did when you got him on the move. Surprisingly, you think Jumbo Joe, right? Stage, mm -hmm. No, he was actually really good when they pulled him or they got him out on screens. 
things like that. It was really surprising. But what I didn't like is I saw him get pushed back off the offensive line multiple times. Strength. And, yeah, and one thing that I really, you always notice about the Cowboys' offensive line is the way they reset the line of scrimmage. You know, they, you look up after the snap and the defense has already been moved back three yards. Mm. And Zeke is untouched, you know, heading into the second level. Yeah. That, that's a problem if he's going to get pushed into the backfield because they were, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into the exact number of plays because I can't remember off the top of my head, but there were multiple times where he was pushed back and he was in the way of the play. <laughs> and you can't have that. No. So there were a lot of things I really liked about what he did. There was a question mark on that uh, area for me. Um, Cam Fleming. Cam Fleming played pretty well in that game for most of it. Now, every so often he makes a really bad play. He's uh, He can get beat to the inside, I've noticed. Mm. You know, they talk about speed rushers going around his edge. But I've seen a lot of times if you set him up to the outside and then you come back under him, he's not quick enough to get back in position mm. and to stop that. So that's a little bit of worrisome. And I also noticed that later in the game, his technique started to falter. I, it looked like it could be conditioning. Looks like he could could have gotten a little tired later in the game. Started reaching a little more. Wasn't shuffling his feet as quickly as you would uh, hoping he would do. So, yeah. I, I'd say pretty good. I wasn't like you know if he had to play a game. I would be like, it's going to be better than Chaz Green. Yeah. It's going to be better than Byron Bell last yes. year. It's, you know, it's not anywhere on that level. But, you know, he's a backup tackle for a reason. Mm -hmm. He was in free agency for a reason. He was mm -hmm. signed for a relatively economical deal for a reason. Yeah. He is a backup tackle. He's going to make mistakes. Kadeem Edwards, you know, he looks improved. Looked pretty good. Did a lot of things I liked. Do I trust him yet? No. Have I seen Have I seen him play NFL games and get in there in the trenches in the mix? No. So while it looks okay, I certainly don't trust it. But that's the way it is with backups. Sometimes you just have to wait until they get in there. Yeah, you know, um, quickly, and then I'm going to turn it over to Tom before we close out the show about the offensive line. You know, Cameron Fleming. Um, Listening to Talking Cowboys yesterday with Brian Broaddus, he said that he did speak to somebody at the Patriots about Fleming and that Fleming, they gave Fleming a lot of help. Um, they helped him a lot with tight ends. Sometimes they helped him with blocking receivers. Just they gave him help over there whenever they knew it was coming. But still, to the, I, I still feel like Dave does. I feel much more confident in Cameron Fleming than I do in Byron Bell or in Chaz Green because I think Chaz Green's gone. We've been talking about him for months. It's no point in talking about him anymore. I liked what I saw in Kadeem Edwards in this last game, um, but I'm going to turn it over to you, Tom. What do you think about these backups? How confident are you in Joe Looney, Cam Fleming, and Kadeem Edwards, and how how active should the Cowboys be in trying to upgrade some positions at roster cuts? Well, they're going to have to do something because they've got to have another backup lineman uh, for however long Travis Frederick is out. Yeah. Um, so they've got to come up with somebody, and unless they've got someone like one of those new guys they signed that they've seen something, I think they've got to go out and try to find some more uh, uh, talent to come in and help them with that aspect of it. Um, 
uh, Rooney, I feel good about as a backup, and I feel like they could probably be all right with him starting for a while. Uh, the big question is going to be how long will Frederick be out? I'm hoping it's going to be like weeks and not having to go on IR for half the season. Um, but, you know, we're, we still have to see what's going to happen with that. But, uh, yeah, I think that you were gonna, that's probably the first place we're going to see a signing, maybe even two, uh, because they've got to have the offensive line uh, functioning so that everything else works. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that Tyron Smith has just been held out to make sure his hamstring is good to go for the start of the regular season. Uh, because if they have their four other starters around Looney, I think that'll work all right. Because if he's got, especially if he's got Martin off his right shoulder, then I think everything can will probably go a lot better that way. Uh, but they've got to have some depth because we never know when something could happen to someone. And yeah, I think that's definitely we're going to see somebody come in from outside the team on the offensive line. Yeah, the pro the only problem there is that the Cowboys will be competing with a lot of teams for offensive linemen because if you look around yeah. the preseason, the offensive line play has not been great. I don't know if you chalk no. that up to just not there's not a lot of continuity there, but I I felt like I said to you guys in the chat the other day, I felt so much more comfortable about Fleming and Edwards when I watched the Green Bay Packers backup offensive line play. So I, I'm glad they gave Aaron <laughs> I'm glad they gave Aaron Rodgers all that money, but. I hope that he's uh, going to protect, be able to protect himself because some of those guys, if, if Bakhtiari goes down or something like that, I mean, they're really in a pickle over there. Um, so I think, you know, would you guys all agree that the Cowboys are probably going to be heavily, heavily focused in roster cuts, Dave, on offensive line and safety? Or do you want to add another, another uh, position in the mix there? No, those are the ones. Those Absolutely. The those are the two. Yeah. Yes. Would you agree, Tom? Yeah, I, yeah I, I agree with that. I, I don't really see where they've got enough of a problem. They need to worry about bringing somebody else in. Um, you know, uh, uh, the only other thing I could think of is, is whether they toy with the idea of a, a veteran quarterback. And then it comes down to what's out there. You know, I like yeah. I like from a while ago you were running through the options and you really should have stopped after you said Mark Sanchez is. <laughs> that covered it right there yeah yeah exactly well that that's the goods guys we we're, we talked to you talked your ear off here about the roster moves that the cowboys can be making they do their cut down if i'm not mistaken it's saturday yeah friday yeah. oh friday okay well they do their well, roster, i believe 4 p.m yeah 4, 4 p.m friday they'll do their roster cuts you won't see a lot of things um a lot of flurry of activity probably happening until monday because they do have to have a waiting period i believe unless it's just signing free agents um but we want to thank you guys for listening. This has been the Brews and the Boys podcast. Remember to go to Blogging the Boys to find Dave's stuff, Tom's stuff, my stuff. You can find us all um, there at Blogging the Boys. It's the best place for Cowboys fans to go. We give you everything that you could possibly need and more. Um, we don't, we're not talking heads like you know, the, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and stuff and the Skip Baylesses. I shouldn't even mention his name. Now I'm going to have to go pray. Um, but... You know, we, we try to give you everything we can over at Blogging the Boys, so please please go and check us out there. Um, and also, if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps out a ton. It enables us to bring you the best shows possible. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, at Brews and the Boys. Follow us on Twitter, at Blogging the Boys. And uh, for next, you know, until next time, have a great night, Cowboys Nation. Casting.